Hey guys, before we get to the podcast, we are doing something a little bit different on this exact podcast. Normally me and Ross DeBoss, we're having our conversation, we're talking about different things that are happening politically around the world. Well, something that we are going to start implementing um, within our podcast is our weekly Wednesday night fearless community events. Every Wednesday night in a Zoom room with our community, we have a different guest and a different topic. Over the last 12 weeks, we studied the Constitution. Right now, we're focusing on local politics. And last Wednesday, we had Bella, Red Pill Babe 1776 on Instagram. And she spoke with our community how she basically had five different socialist mayors in Miami, Dade County, scared of her and their um, and the conservative party down there. And the reason why was because they were getting involved of this, with the civic, pro- civic process. So I had her come on. We talked about the details of how she does it, and the information is incredible. So we are going to start having some of our podcasts. You'll get to see and hear what we as a community talk about every single week. Sometimes you might hear some of our, our members as well come up on stage and have a conversation with us. And so that is what you're hearing. This is from the recording of last Wednesday, and we do this every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern. On Tuesday nights, we have our Bible study. That's at 8 p.m. Eastern. And if you want to get more information on how you can, one, be a part of the community, be a part of these conversations, um, and as well... At the same time, support what we're doing. There's a link in the description about our fearless community. You can check it out. It'll give you a little tour. Um, I give you a little tour of what the platform looks like. And then also you will get to see and hear what we do within our community every single week. So let's get to it. This is last Wednesday, how you can get involved in local politics. Hey guys, I'm excited about today's podcast because we have Bella Red Pill Babe 1776 that joins us and is taking our community and show us how to get involved in local politics and to do our part to make impact in our community. But before we get to it, don't forget, make sure you leave a review, share the podcast and click the link in the description to get more information about our fearless community. Today's going to be good. Let's get to it. This is the Speak Truth Without Fear podcast. If you guys have questions, this is going to be an interactive conversation. Me and Bella will probably talk for 10 to 15 minutes. If you guys have questions, you remember if you're for new for your, if your first time here, you click on the reaction button. You can see where it says where you can raise your hand. Raise your hand. We'll call on you. We'll bring you up. Uh, we love for this to be uh, conversational. Before we bring Bella on, I want to play a one minute clip of this of Bella last week on a podcast, just so you can kind of see what she's about and uh, who she is. She's she's one of my best friends in the the conservative space. Our our parents brought us here so that we can uh, live freely because there was an appreciation for freedom, for the liberties of the, of, of Layuma. Like it's, it's something that's you're, you're, you're supposed to be proud of that. And instead of protecting that, we're watching it, that it's being taken from us the same way that it was taken from our families and no one's doing anything. You're, 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 you're in Versailles is by the thousands. Trying to fight for a country. That's not even your country anymore. And you don't even know who's sitting on your school board. So you don't know who's making the decisions. It's like, it's particularly in this County, the fact that we have open communist teachers in this County teaching communist ideology in the Miami Dade County public school system this city is made up of a 78% Cuban-American population. It's like if there's anywhere in the country where teachers should not be talking about communism, it's, it's here. Yeah. So if they're doing it here, can you imagine what they're doing all over the country? Yep. It needs to end and it needs to. Man, I'm so excited to have Bella part of the combo today. Let's get Bella up here. Um, Adam, Miami, what's on? Oh, let's unmute you. You, gotta, you might need to unmute yourself. Look at, no. your, look at your glasses, girl. <laughs> What's up? I'm so, I'm so glad you're here. How are you? I'm doing good. We haven't connected in a while, at least not live. 
I know. Phone. Yeah. Not live. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we keep up to date through text and phone. And then, you know, <laughs> when I, when I hear you taking down a commie, I'm like, yo, good job. What's up, bro? <laughs> you know, the average day in the life of a uh, red. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know. So, well, this, uh, Bella, we do this every Wednesday night. This is our, our speech truth without fair community. And we have a little bit over a hundred members in our, in our community. And, Tuesday nights, we do a night of faith. Wednesday night, we pretty much have a different topic and we try to bring a different guest in. And, uh, you know, we just finished with our, with literally about 35 of us, we just finished 12 weeks into the constitution that really focus on like, you know, basically knowing your rights so that we can really, you know, have courage and confidence to take back what is already ours that we kind of let slipped away. And this is something that you've always talked about. And for everyone that's, you know, all of you guys that are listening, um, Bella was the first person that I ever connected with when I first got in this world, when it came to like, I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. Like how do, how do we even find out what's being taught the kids or who's teaching kids? I don't even know if I wanted to even keep my local representatives accountable. I don't even know where to start. And Bella's like, baby, I got you. Okay. And me, like me and Bella were on the phone for like an hour and a half and then I was like, okay, let's do a live. And then we did a live and we just went in forever. And uh, so me and her, we worked, we worked together a lot. We've created a couple uh, documents together. And so um, today we're going to talk about the importance and how to be a part of the civic process. Bella is a G at this. She has the, the commie mayors of Miami always on edge. They hate her. They know her by name. They know her social media accounts. They block her social media. They can't stand her. And the reason why is because she's relentless and she's a fighter for freedom. So, all right. That was like the best, biggest intro. I'm just like, (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh. But before we get into all the good stuff, I mean, tell me what you've been working on. Let, I mean, let everyone know. I mean, everyone here is they're so engaged. Um, obviously we've been studying, studied the constitution, but tell me what you've been working on, what you've been uncovering when it comes to everything. Um, the fight continues against communism across our country. I think that that's, you know, the focus that everybody should currently have. Um, our fights right now continue to be, you know, the school board was a really big, uh, point for us last year, something that we were heavily focused on. Uh, I like to think that maybe uh, we had something to do with the FBI being called on parents (laughs) when when all of that started. Because truly, I mean, Jordan, you remember when we started talking about this stuff and getting parents out to the school board meetings, no one was it was kind of popping up in pockets, but there wasn't there wasn't this huge push. Yep. So, um, you know, we were we, we got a lot of members of the community really heavily involved in showing up to school board meetings and getting their voices heard. And it's so wild to see how even, you know, I've, I've stepped back a little bit from the school boards themselves, um, not from spreading information when it comes to it, but from the school boards. And it's great to see how like that initiative has now just taken on a life of its own. There's like a whole community of parents that are out there every single day. Don't miss it. Um, individuals that have popped up with accounts that are sharing local information, which I think is amazing. All sorts of initiatives and organizations and 501c3s that have popped up again to help parents locally. I think that one of the biggest accomplishments that we had is that we were putting so much local pressure on the school board that they were no longer allowed to operate in anonymity, right? Where people Mm. didn't know what was going on. So unfortunately, last year was a really rough year for Miami-Dade, the Miami-Dade County public school system. I believe that there was something like 13 or 14 different cases of abuse reported uh, that broke into the news cycle of teachers abusing children. Uh, Two of those were talking about two different lawsuits that were paid out, equaling out to $15 million of teachers that had been abusing kids for over a decade. We're talking about a, a, a total of, I think one of them had nine victims. The other one had five. Um, Damn. These lawsuits had to be paid out to the victims. And slimy enough, the school board made sure that, uh, you know, gag orders were placed on the victims so that they couldn't badmouth the school board for protecting these. Because, I mean, look, unfortunately, there's predators out there 
but we need to be able to protect our children. And the school system wasn't taking the right precautions to do that. So these teachers were getting, uh, there, there were complaints being made against these teachers and they were being moved to other districts. So all that to say that our superintendent, Alberto Carvalho, who had gotten a national notoriety as being the poster boy uh, superintendent and had cooked all the books to make sure that he had a perfect A-plus rating in his school district, uh, basically he wasn't going to be able to stand the heat of that. So he started looking for another job. And last year, uh, we pushed Carvalho out of the superintendent position here in Miami-Dade County Public Schools. Unfortunately, on his way to LA United uh, school system, but uh, he's he's no longer here. And I think that that's a huge testament to what it is that the mountains that we can move when we apply the right kind of pressure. Uh, there's nothing, uh, there's nothing uh, special. I mean, I, I've got the platform, but the truth of the matter is that all it takes is just showing up, man. And I don't think enough people are doing that. Absolutely. I mean, a freaking amazing. So I, I want to get into how, you guys, I mean, what type of, what does pressure look like? Now, before we do, um, a lot of you guys know we got, we got our platform. Um, again, if you go to our platform and if you're a member, you can go to the Constitution Simplified or even go to our, our, our local politics document resources. Uh, that's the wrong form. Uh, sorry, guys, I had this ready and then I just lost it. Um, Constitution. And there's a reason why I'm doing this really quick. Let me pull up that document back. But this document is Bella helped me make. Do you guys see this right now? This document? Okay. This document we made for our members and for our community. And, you know, she's talking about a superintendent. It tells you exactly what the superintendent does. Calls all the shots of the school board. As the chief executive officer of the board, the superintendent is responsible for implementing board policies and directives. I think that's what it says. Anyways. So I encourage you guys, if you guys are in the platform, download this document if you haven't already. Bella and Linda, Wake Up with Linda, both of them helped me create this document. We made it as a team together. Um, and we're going to go over this today because uh, there really are three simple steps on how to begin to get to start getting involved uh, when it comes on the, on the local level. So what does... Um, all right, so what does pressure look like? You know, you're, you're saying that a lot of people, they're, the school board members, some people are resigning, parents are getting involved. What did that look like on a practical level for people and parents to really start getting engaged? You're muted. Sorry. Hold on. Let me ask you to unmute. You might have to click it. Yeah, all right. There you go. So, um, Jordan, I think that the number one thing is what you're focused on, right, which is education. Uh, for a very long time, we've been so caught up on our day to days, you know, going to work, feeding our families, getting home, taking the dogs, taking the kids to baseball practice, whatever it may be, that we lose focus of uh the civic responsibility that's out there, right? So how often do we go in, you know, midterms are a perfect time to consider it and you go into a voting booth and who do you actually know on uh, on, on on your ballot? Do you know the judges that you're voting for? Because quite frankly, the majority of us do not. We don't know who they're appointed by, what kind of decisions they've been making, who um, your commissioners, your state reps. You don't know these people by name. You don't know your school board members by name. You don't know what districts they're in. You ask the average person who is your police commissioner or some people even ask them who the mayor is and they can't answer that so I think that the number one thing is accountability for wanting to know who are the people that we're electing into public office. If we don't know who they are, we can't hold them accountable. So one of the most important things was identifying who these people are. Yes. Uh, I've got the platform and that's a beautiful thing because it's definitely helped us get the word out and spread information, right? But the truth of the matter is that the majority of these people are not used to getting any pressure. So one of the first, I remember one of the first initiatives that we had was there was this giant, uh, there was this meeting going on here in South Florida for global, global warming. God knows what they were going to put funds into, <laughs> but um, it's an online meeting. So we're not even talking about showing up to these meetings. It's an online meeting. And I remember I got the link, I posted it up on my story. And I said, if you guys can join, this is what's going on. And I think that we got up to something like a hundred and something viewers in the meeting, but they stopped the meeting at like 27 people. And they're like, wow, we've never had these many people sign into a meeting before. So we just want to say thank you guys for, for showing up. And it got up to a hundred and something, right? Wow. I think that's such a testament to the fact that when we say pressure guys, we don't need to see what we're seeing in Canada right now. We don't need to see thousands of people out in the street. Sometimes three, four, five phone calls into your state rep 
will be enough. Mm. Other times it's five, 10 phone calls every single day in order for that to be enough. But in order to be able to start uh, applying pressure, you first have to identify who these people are. So the single most important thing and number one rule is you need to know who these people are and you need to engage with them. So what does that mean? Facebook, Instagram. Um, if they're holding local events, a lot of the times these people have town hall meetings. They'll show up at local restaurants or whatever it is because they want to do meet and greets. So you need to want to get involved in your community in order to do that. So how do you do that? Follow these people on social media. See what they're up to. What are they pushing out there? What are they focused on? Do research on what it is that they are focused on. Because uh, you know that these people love to use uh a, a verbal jujitsu to switch the most obscene things and make them sound like the greatest things ever. So make sure that you're researching what these politicians are pushing out and don't just assume that because somebody is a Republican that they are doing the right thing. Cause yeah. I, I I'd say that probably rhinos are a lot more dangerous than, than Democrats right now. Cause it's, I'd rather the enemy than, than I know than the one that I don't know. So now that you've identified who these people are, and then secondly, you've started to engage with them. You know who they are. So now it's not just my mayor, Daniela Cava. Now I understand that it's my mayor, Daniela Cava, who the biggest donor to her campaign is a gentleman by the name of Donald Sussman, who hangs out with the likes of George Soros and owned an island next to Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> I wouldn't know. Nobody's going to tell me that if it's not for my own research. So it really has to be a desire to take ownership over the civic process. And that means informing yourself. So number one, identify these people. Number two, start engaging and researching these people. And then step number three is when you start applying the pressure. Exactly. Okay. So identif identification. All right. So who is, who is someone that raise your hand? If you're someone that you like, you want to start getting involved. Maybe you have a child, you want to uh, to put some pressure on a school board uh, member, or you are really tired of certain policies and you want to, who, who's someone that you guys are trying to, okay. So we got Donna, we got Yvette, anyone else? Only two people. Yadi, she's got her hand up. Okay. So Bella, let's say you're Yvette. Let's say you're Donna and you're like, okay, I want to find these people. And I'm, I, you know, I just literally did this. I'm like, okay, superintendent for Orlando. I literally Googled it. Boom. Barbara Jenkins. So now what, what I would, now what I would do and I'm Bella, I'll let you, I'm sure you do something very similar. I the first thing I would do, I'm putting Barbara Jenkins and I'm going to go and find her Instagram, her Facebook. I'm going to go find all her social media and then I'm going to follow her. I'm going to, I'm going to follow all of them. Now this is all in that document that we talked about. So the first thing you got to investigate, you got to find them just like Bella was saying, then you find out the person, or let's say you're like, yo, I want to make sure I want to find the next school board meeting. Put in your district or your, your your town that you're in. Find out when and and Google it. You'll find you'll find the trail to find there. You follow them on social media, and then what what would you do, Bella? What what is your your process of beginning to put pressure on these people, or you know, or how what why do you follow them on social media? Would you comment on their photos? Are you? I do comment on their photo and I look for engagement. I think that this is like another pivotal part of this is identifying your tribe right? How do you identify other people that can help you in your efforts, local efforts? And again, if you leave a comment under a politician on something that you disagree in and three people like your comment, go into their DMs, write back to them, be like, hey, are you local? What are you involved in? Another um, resource that's out there is there's a lot of uh, GOP type organizations, whether it's like the REC, the Republican Executive Committee or the Young Republicans Club or whatever it is. There's so many of these organizations that host monthly meetings and what's the problem with them? That they are completely infested and taken over by rhinos. So when you go into these meetings, you're going to be able to just look around the room and identify who are the people raising their hands that are pissed off about the things that are happening. That's your tribe. Get together with these people. Identify these people. Work with these people. It's work, guys. There's nothing easy about this. I'm talking about sometimes we get together twice a month in a local restaurant and we'll do something. We yeah. know that the school is once a month we've got telegram channels or whatnot uh you know one of the things that we're heavily pushing right now is we've got a a, a new york restaurant that's moving down to miami by the name of cafe Havana. sounds pretty innocent enough you're coming down to miami dade county with a population of 78 percent cuban american so you're like yeah sure a cuban restaurant why not until you realize that the, that the restaurant um 
markets itself after um, the the secret spot where El Che and Fidel, where Che Guevara and Fidel Castro planned the revolution, the communist revolution for Cuba. And you got to start wondering audacity of these people to think that they're going to open up a restaurant in the heart of Miami that's made up of a, a overwhelming majority of individuals that have escaped communism. Right. So uh, again, you get together with your tribe. So now this week we're talking about everybody in Miami talking about the same thing because we're in telegram channels, we're in text message group chats, we're, we're, we're connected with one another. So it's extremely important to identify your tribe. And part of how you do that is social media. So go even if you don't want to comment, look at your politicians and find the people that maybe have something that you that are making comments even maybe it's not disagreeing maybe it's somebody that you do support and you're finding other people that support that individual get involved and find your tribe yeah, um so good don't need a tribe to apply pressure but it's always more effective that way right because i promise you that if there was a specific law, for example, that needed to get passed, let's say like in Florida, we've got Anthony Sabatini, bless his heart, who's always putting on all this legislature that I wish would go through all the time. What happens though? State reps don't vote, don't vote on it. And mm. why don't they vote on it? Because people aren't applying pressure to it. So the only people that are actually applying pressure to the state reps are the special interest groups, are the PACs. Uh. Those are the people that are applying pressure. If the constituents are not there to apply the counter pressure on what it is that they want, then they're always going to give in to what it is that the PACs want. So the right, the, 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 what we should be doing, for example, is identify who your state reps are. Keep keep thinking, uh, keep an eye out for the legislation that's being presented that you do agree with, and then push the state reps in your state to push that legislation forward, right? It's like it's 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 all about where it is that it starts, and legislation is so important. So uh, uh, again, there's there's no real easy answer, Jordan. The most important thing is that you got to keep an eye on the you got to keep a pulse on what's going on in local politics, and that require there's no shortcut to this. Yeah. There's no I'm going to give you that if you follow this, you're always going to have the resources, or if you all you know if if it's, it's a, this is the news that you want to follow. No, it requires that you yourself are doing the research because I can only take care of Miami Dade County. It's going to take each and every one of us to take care of our little corners of, of the so country. So true, and we and we talk about this all the time. And over the last twelve weeks, we said you know the federal the federal elections have been like the biggest psyop more than anything because we put all of our attention money and focus on federal elections senators and us congressmen and presidents that have less power than the actual mayor himself which is why you, you know when i use this example all the time we had desantis who was given the middle finger to biden and biden was so frustrated but then desantis also got frustrated with the mayor in, in dave county and palm beach county and broward county because those mayors had more power than desantis in their county and that's why you guys were still in lockdowns for the longest time and your children are still being mass in schools and the same thing with the um yeah so it's it we've is, talked about a few times where I, I live in Florida. I live in Miami-Dade County, Florida. I live in the freest state in the whole world, right? Because Florida is clearly the, the freest state in the whole world right now. And yet Miami-Dade County is operates just like, I'm not going to say like a Seattle or a New York, but it was pretty bad because our mayor decided. So I'll give uh, one example that I know has come. We've talked about this several times, Jordan, was the, the cruise industry um, that a large I'm talking about over 90 percent of the entire cruise industry for the world operates out of um, out of Florida and Miami-Dade County. The port of Miami-Dade County is a huge place for the, these these who pull up to. So when they were trying to force mandates on, because tra it's transportation, forget that it's like, oh, it's the cruise ship. No, it starts with the cruise ships, goes into planes and goes into buzzards and goes into subways. And before you know it, it's all about all public transportation requires that you go and take your shop prior to getting in there, right? So you had Governor DeSantis say, absolutely not. There's not going to be any mandates when it comes to cruise ships. We're not going to have passports for that. And our mayor said, well, yeah, we are. Our mayor, because so, because such a large percentage of yeah. the country operates out of Miami-Dade County, her saying no to DeSantis meant that now the mayor, not the governor, had control over almost an entire industry and how it was going to operate when it came to mandates. Right. Yeah. I think that's a great example of how. Uh, you know, the, the the more granular local politics become, the more the more power it actually has to affect your day to day life. So true. Uh, that's and it's the honestly, it's a perfect example. And if there is any group of people that gets it, it's the group that's in this room right now, which is why I love that that you guys are all here. 
Um, first of all, if you guys have questions, because uh, we are slow, you know, we're going to transition to part and having questions, open dialogue, conversation. If you guys have thoughts, anything, um, seriously, raise your hand. Um, you can click the reaction button. I saw one question that already came in in the comments. Um, I can't come up right now because I'm at work, but I'm listening. Bella, what is one way that you or one technique that you use when you're researching online? How, like, what does that mean following the money? How do you follow the money? I know that what's, what do you normally do? Yeah. So there's actually a few websites that track public donations. So donations to political campaigns all have to be uh, public information. So quite frankly, it's as simple as Googling the politician and then Googling their political donations. And then normally what I like to do is that I'll sort based off, you know, the highest donation um, and the lowest and then start researching who are these people that are making these like high donations into these campaigns. Right. Then you realize if you know, if, 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 if a candidate raised a total of, I think that, at, for example, our, our our mayor for their campaign raised a little over like 1.2 million or something along those lines. And then I believe eight 800,000 of that came from the same person. Well, mm. I want to know who that person is because clearly the mayor is going to owe something to that person. So yeah. who is this character? So public do donations to political campaigns are actually uh, public uh, public information. So the best way is to go in there and look at the donations to that came to those campaigns because you want to understand who owns um, who owns your representatives. Wow, that's that's so good. So so basically, you you if you don't know who, let's say your mayor is, your let's say I live in Orlando, I'm gonna go and Google in Orlando mayor. Oh, Buddy Dyer. Okay, now you're gonna take you got the name. You're going to follow him on social media. You're going to watch what he's doing. You got, we got to watch our enemies. We got to watch our enemies to see what they're saying, what they're doing, where they're going. Then you're going to Google Buddy Dyer donations. Go through Google, find a couple different places. And then what you can do, you find all these donations and start with the big, start with the big boys. Okay. This organization or this person donated $1.2 million or $150,000. Okay. Why? Why did this person donate that much money? Who are they? What do they believe? What do they do? And you let, and that is kind of, again, I mean, I, I never thought of, I've never followed the money that way before. So it's, it, I'm so glad this is so, so helpful. Uh, Edie, hopefully that helped you. Oh yeah. She said, thank you. You're so welcome. Um, okay. Donna's got a question. Yadi's got a question. Let's bring Donna up first. Um, and then, uh, Bell, this is cool. You like this? Yeah, this is an awesome, so intimate. I love it. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> hi, how you doing, Donna? Where, where, are, you, you where are you from? I'm in Arizona. You're in Arizona. Awesome. Lots to fight in Arizona. Yeah. So I'm really good at finding people that are like-minded. Um, and I would say the majority of people I'm friends with on social media are the same. I have a hard time seeking out or finding people that are the opposite. And I know that I do have some on my social media and I post a lot, but people don't really comment. And so I guess my question kind of went along with what the last question was, but how do you get in with the other side, I guess, and so, just hunt them down? Like as a, when you say as a, like a undercover journalist or, or you no or you, just in general to see, like you were talking about where does the money go and who are these big people that are funding? Like I know big people that big, big people that everybody knows that funds into one specific party and then other people that are right. more focused on the other side. But I really want to know, I have a hard time seeing things through the way that they do. And I would like to see and find out what they really yeah. think. And I don't feel like I find that out very often. Yeah, I think, well, and Bella, I'll let, I'll let you answer. But I mean, one thing I, I actually did this once I looked up because we have the young Republicans, which is a bunch of young adults, you know, or a lot of uh, anywhere from like 18 to 35 and they're, they're in every single city and town really in, in throughout the country. And they also have, I believe it's called young Democrats or young socialists. There's another group. And I start, I started following their social media. I was going to go to one of their events and I couldn't end up making it, but that's what I would do. I would go to their events. I would 
um, you know, me and uh, Wes, we we bought a book on about Hitler and his mindset on how, like, what got him to the place that he actually believed what he was doing was actually the right thing. And so knowing, like, what do socialists believe? Why do they believe it? And so I would start, one, start studying the other side, but two, maybe attend one of their events. Just don't get brainwashed when you're there. <laughs> Go ahead, Bella. What, what would you say? I, be honest with you, I don't spend a lot of time trying to counter the other side because I feel like we're living in times where the existence of living right now is a red pill. So, like, it's not like it was two years ago where you had to convince people to vote. Like, people are just realizing that stuff sucks. Now, what I do encourage people to do is to study their tactics. So, um, you know, Antifa, uh, whether it be... um, you know, reading something like rules for radicals, like these are tactics that they use. Yeah. I'll be frank, your time is probably a lot better suited in controlling our party, our party. Um, we can try and switch liberals over to Democrats, but I'll be honest with you guys, like look at where we're at. If they haven't woken up at this point to see that something is wrong, it's time to let it go. But what we can do is teach our party how to get involved. So my, I wouldn't be so concerned to set up, you know, to go out there and try and infiltrate what the left is, what the left is doing to figure it out. I'd be more concerned in organizing with the right. And I say it at every opportunity that I have that I'm talking in front of a lot of Republicans. I always say it. I will eat a rhino in front of the Democrats first so that they know that I am not playing games. Come on. my own in front of you, you know that I am not playing games with you. So my biggest accountability is the people that I'm the hardest on are the local Republicans. So I, I'll be frank with you. Like, yeah, there was a t- there was a time when trying to bring people from the other side over was part of what I consider was the mission for the country. But that's over now. What we need to do is protect our party and learn how to operate, because I will tell you this. The left has an upper hand because that left has been working on organ um, on community organization for much longer than we have. So um, things like, for example, organizations like the Justice Democrats, we don't have anything like that. The right doesn't have anything like that, uh, you know, the, that, that are out there. Well, they, they own the media. They own Hollywood. They own entertainment. They own. I mean, it, it you it goes the school boards, the unions, the teacher unions. So the only thing that we can do is organize to start taking ownership. That's all we can do. Right. So it's like in every sector, if we're talking about the news, like why start, start a media company, start a podcast, go out there, spread our news. If you're, you know, if, if, if your kids are in the school system and you're trying to fight it and the school board is not cooperating, start pods, get with like-minded parents, start teachers pods, uh, pull the kids out. How do we control? I talk about it all the time with the school because parents are like, oh, but I can't pull my kids out. Yeah. you'll, You'll figure it out. If enough parents pull all their kids out for one year, I promise you the school district will will drop down to their knees and whatever it is that the parents in that district want, they will do because they, uh, public school systems get paid per student attendance. Yes. Why do you think they out when your kid doesn't show up one day to school? It's because they're losing money the, every day that your kid doesn't show up. <laughs> so you want to stick to them? Take a year figure it out and pull your kids out and you have 200 kids pulled out of the school system. And I promise you that that's enough to get, um, to get things moving. But, you know, and Jordan, we've been talking about this for a really long time. I've been talking about this for a very long time. If you are not willing to get uncomfortable, then get ready to be made uncomfortable by them. You need self uncomfortable. So if, if, Oh, but how am I going to figure out pulling my kid out of school and not having that? All right, well, then I hope you're ready for vaccine mandates when they come in from the school district. Again, like I said, get ready to get uncomfortable or you will be made uncomfortable. And that's that. that I hope that I, I think that answered the question. Oh, right? are you, ki- you kidding me? Answer the question. You answer the question and 10 more to come. Um, but I, I love I think the 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 thing to focus. I mean, there's so many diamonds there. But the one thing I want to hone on is. You said it perfectly. We don't even need, like, I, I, I'll never forget a couple of weeks ago, or no, it's not a couple months ago. And I'm like, I'm done debating the left. I could give two craps about anything that they have to say, because one, are you more scared of a wolf or a wolf in sheep's clothing? 
a wolf in sheep's clothing because you don't know where the damn wolf is. And so what we saw on January 6th, the way that we've seen Republicans respond to January 6th, the rhinos itself, um, it's so frustrating because really we have so much work, which is what Bell is basically saying, to worry on our own side. And two, it's true. If you are not red pilled by now after the last two and a half years of tyranny, um, if you if those same people can listen to Justin Trudeau right now talking about Nazis and Russia and white supremacists when like there's literally it it is a freedom convoy and they're trying to, you know, basically gaslight everyone. And if, if you if your friend on the other side that you're still trying to convince two years into this pandemic and they're like, man, there's a lot of white supremacists out there that's going on in auto right right now. Bye. I'm, I have no time for that. And I'm praying to God that one day you'll wake up, but I'm not going to put time energy uh, spent into trying to convince someone that just has been ideologically subverted hands down. And if you read that book, love letter to America, they talk about that when someone's gone through that process, it is going to take a lot of work to undo all of the brainwashing that they went through in the education system, through entertainment, and as, as it goes along, because it's called ideological subversion. Uh, Donna, thank you for your question. All right, we're going to, yeah, if anyone has any more questions, please let me know. I'm going to bring Yadi up. Yadi has one. And then we're going to go into breakout rooms. Um, and then we will, uh, this, is, this is great. I'm loving this. Yadi, what's going on? Hey, I'm, um, I'm really excited that you invited me to this because this is exactly what, you know, I sent you that message about what's been going on with our district. But I um, I wanted to ask, how the heck do you light the fire under people? I mean, getting people involved that are like minded. I know who they are. I know how to find them. But it's been so difficult to get parents there. I, we have we have social media page. We have meetings and people don't show up. And it's so hard to light that fire. And in, I'm like, what's it going to take for them to come and take your kid away for you to actually do something? Yeah, it's um. It, it's incredibly disheartening and I'm not going to, I'm not going to stay here and lie to you. Like we, I've, I've got a platform. I work locally with Wake Up With Linda, who's got a platform of over 150 followers, 150,000 followers. She's like on a lawsuit with the president. Like you would think if anybody was making a lot of noise to get people involved, it would be us. And it's still like pulling teeth. And, um, you know, one, one thing that drove me to get locally involved is that I was, I realized where it's like everybody, what led me to get locally involved is that people started blaming Trump for mandates. And I, I had been a freedom keeper for since way before. And I'm like, Trump has nothing to do with the mandates. The mandates come in at a state and local level. They're, they have nothing. To, the last person that's going to get involved with mandates is going to be the federal government. Right. And then that led me to start talking about the importance and like telling people like, Hey, guys, that's not Trump. It's your local government, local government, local government. And then I realized that it's like, okay, this isn't going to catch on until I don't start being the example for this. And then that led me to start doing the research. And then I started feeling like, you know what? It's not enough to be behind the computer. Like you got to start showing up. Yeah. And then it's all fun and games when you think you're going to show up and there's going to be a thousand people at the school board meeting until you show up and there's only three people and you're one of them. And um, there's been months that we go in and it's only two people, you know, three, four people showing up. And there's months when we've gone, we've had 75, 80 people show up. Um, unfortunately, I don't think that there's, there's an easy answer to it. And I think that part of the reason is that people in America are still very complacent because we've got a false sense of freedom. People think that just because they can continue to order their Uber Eats or watch whatever it is that they want on Netflix, that they're, st that they're still living on the way that the world was just a few years ago. And that's, that's just, it's not the truth. So unfortunately, because there is still this like false uh, bubble of protection as far as, uh, oh, we're free, we're free. We're not feeling it like people in, 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 in Canada were or people in Australia were. Since we're not feeling it like that, then there's not enough people who have had that fire light up under them. But I will tell you this, the people that are on this call, the people that feel like, oh, why isn't anybody doing right now? The reason why you feel like that is because you're feeling it first. You're being called to be a leader at this time. You're being called to be the innovator, the one that initiates, the one that starts. Because, well, it takes that. 
you guys got to remember our our country was one with only three percent of the population the expectation that a lot of people are going to wake up and and see things how we see it is unrealistic um but I do think that there's leaders rising up, rising amongst us, and that when it comes to this fight that we are fighting, people are always so concerned about what somebody who's going to come to save us or what's coming next or, uh, you know, is Trump going to come back or, or, or <laughs> is the election going to be fixed or whatever it is. It's like, guys. It does not matter. They can put Trump to be president tomorrow and it wouldn't matter because communists have inserted themselves in every aspect of our country, in the school system, in legislation, in Congress, in our house, in mayors, police departments, our courts. So the importance, like there has to start being, a, um, there has to be a certain sense of accountability that when we wake up every single day, each one of us is a pivotal part of the war that we're fighting. Whether it's because you're refusing to put on a mask when you're going to the, to the grocery store or because you're attending a commissioner meeting once a month or because you're running, which I know Jordan, I, I, I want to talk about this. It's uh, Or because you're running for local politics, because I'll tell you guys the truth. Not enough people want to do that. Well, so, explain, explain that. What, what, and what do you mean by that? What, what, what do you mean that not enough people are doing it? Are there, are there, are there yeah. seats that are open? Um, and, and also well, Lillian, I see, I see your hand up. We'll get you, get to you in a second. There is a lot of seats that are open across the country that remain unopened that don't have anybody sitting in them because people don't run to, for them. Um, not a lot of them, but that, that, that is something that does exist. Now, you know, today, um, Donald Trump gave an endorsement to Vernon Jones. And it's been mixed reviews. Some people feel really strongly that Vernon Jones is a rhino and they're not happy with the endorsement. Um, I always like using Marco Rubio as an example because I'm here in Florida and everybody loses it when when Trump endorsed Marco Rubio. Oh, how is he going to endorse a rhino? Oh, God, what's going on here? It's, it's, here's the thing. Most people don't realize that I, I, I posted the number today, Jordan, 42% of all publicly elected officials run with little to no opposition. Mm. No opposition. That means that you decided, hey, I want to be mayor of whatever town and you decide that you want to run and nobody runs against you. So you win by default. You're not a politician. So most people don't do that. But you know who takes advantage of that? Career what? politics rhinos and nobody's running against them you've got three four generations deep of people running in the same town that have never had any opposition against them so you look at somebody like a marco rubio right because then let's talk about the things that are important people think like oh why doesn't trump endorse the good guy well because we don't live in fantasy land nobody cares about the good guy what they care about and what's going to lead trump to offer an endorsement is can those candidates bring in money you need money to fund campaigns. You need big campaigns to get exposure. You need exposure to get elected. Yeah. Right. So one of the biggest problems that we have right now is that there's always a lot of people complaining that like God, there's people that don't like Trump and they think that we should have another candidate run in 2024. There's people that don't like DeSantis and they think we should have another governor in Florida. <laughs> That's fantastic that everybody's always so willing to find out what it is that they hate about the politicians that we have. But who's going to replace them? Who's going to bring in money like Donald Trump brings money? Who's going to bring money like Marco Rubio brings money? Because nobody wants to talk about it. Marco Rubio is probably the sixth most popular Republican ever politician to have ever existed. Number six. Trump is number four. Wow. So when you look at it that way, it's like, great. So you're mad at Trump for endorsing. Um, if you're mad at Trump for endorsing Marco Rubio, you don't understand how the political process works. How is it that we stop getting candidates like Marco Rubio if somebody in Marco Rubio's district ran a solid campaign against somebody like Marco Rubio? Right. How do you do that? You need organizations to do that. You need 501c3s, nonprofits. You need PAC organizations to push these candidates out. That's exactly what Justice Democrats does, which brought us you know, bangers like AOC, AOC and, and the squad, the whole squad. What we need to create that we need to take over that without candidates, without candidates, we can't replace the rhinos that we don't want. And unfortunately, Republicans have run for a very long time on the silent majority. We just want to be left alone. We just want to raise our families. We just want to go to work. And the left has taken advantage of that. Yeah. And they've done it by taking leftist seats, but for paying for the rhino seats 
that we trust blindly. Well, these are people in our party and they don't have our best interests in mind. Ooh, so good. Um, man, just Bella just dropping diamonds all night. Um, Lillian, do you have, do you want to come I know you had a question and then we're going to prepare for breakouts. Uh, but I have a couple things I'll bring up beforehand. Um, what was, I saw you had your hand up. I'll ask to unmute. You might need to unmute yourself. And then, uh, yeah, what, what was your question? I think she's still muted. Jordan. Oh, yeah. There's a, there should be like a microphone sign. Okay. There you are. Okay. Um, not so much a question, but I wanted to... Um, First, thank Bella for all the information she puts out there. I follow her every day. <laughs> oh, you do? You, you follow? That's awesome. Yes. And I share everything that she puts out there. Um, so I wanted to also just give you guys uh, an idea of what's happening here in New York. So um, I don't know if you know that Staten Island is uh, predominantly Republican. And so they were trying to redistrict uh, Staten Island and make it part of Brooklyn uh, in order to get de Blasio so he could run for Congress. Wow. Because he's from the Park Slope, Brooklyn area. So there's been a lot of, uh, there's a guy that I follow named uh, Scott Lobido. He's an artist, but he's a real activist and he knows everybody, all the Republicans, and he was calling them all out and asking them, you know, what it was, why did they turn their backs on the people? Because what you, what they do when they redistrict it is now they make it uh, more democratic. Mm -hmm. And so the the Republicans don't have a voice then. And so you're making the city just the small pockets that are Republican. They're making this, they're redistricting everything so that the majority will end up being democratic. Yep. And yep. so it's been really crazy over here, but yeah. um, I. What did you I, call that again, Bella? So that Jerry gerrymandering or whatever it's called. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they're doing that down here with the school district, um, which is in order to be able to control it again. There's it's tactics that they use that unfortunately we we tend to be one step behind them because these yep. things are put. Oh, yeah, they are. Yeah. Oh, and it's your local city commissioners and that are voting on these things. So if you don't know who your commissioner is, then why would the commissioner care how you want him to vote? He doesn't. He's going to get a phone call from his friends in D.C. or wherever it is that he needs or his sorrow buddy. And they're going to tell him this is how you need to vote. And he's going to be like, well, the people in my constituents don't care. So, yeah, I'm going to vote how that guy that that guy wants me to vote. Yeah. And that's the problem. So it's like it's not like these things happen out of nowhere these things happen because we're not paying attention. It's so true. Yeah. We're going to have in, in three weeks, we're going to have a Sean Farash who is, a, I believe he runs out of New York, the loud majority. Uh, they have a podcast and they, I mean, they got like a hundred thousand people in their group. Um, and he's going to basically break down how they built that from the ground up. Cause he is a great community organizer. So he's going to be on in here in a couple of weeks. He's also the guy that does the, the Trump pronoun, uh, when he's at Arby's and he's at McDonald's and he's ordering in the Trump, that's him. Uh, so he's, he's going to be on our, in our Wednesday night in like two or three weeks. I just booked, uh, I think the first Wednesday of March, but I'm excited because the Donald Trump, uh, you know, uh, what do you call that? Pronoun? I can't even, what, what do you call that when uh, you're acting like somebody impersonation? Thank you, Steven. I'm like, I'm forgetting this word. Um, that's what made him popular, but, his work is way more impressive on what they're doing on the ground level. They, they are, they're, they're kicking out rhinos. They're getting people elected. They're doing everything that Bella's doing in Miami, but they're doing it in New York. Um, but to recap a couple things before we, we get ready for small groups. Number one, I'm looking at this document. The first thing we do, we investigate. This is the homework. Number one, you're going to investigate. Do you guys don't know where to start? There's a website called commoncause.org. Bella, is that still a good website to go to? I believe it still is. Okay. But honestly, I mean, if, if common cause doesn't work, it's a Google. Google your state and, you know, yep. your state. 
your city and and these are things that you can see elected officials in you know miami-dade county or whatever county it is that you're in and you'll you'll be able to get a sense every every single county in the united states by law needs to have a website so every every county has a website some of them are a lot have a lot more bells and whistles but every county has a website yep find their information so number one you're going to investigate who are you going to investigate? If you have this document, you already you already know at the bottom, your mayor, school board, city councilman, county commissioner, superintendent. Don't know what they do? Read the definitions. They're right there. We made this so easy for you guys. After you find out those people, number two, you're going to engage like Bella was talking about earlier. You're going to find them on social media. You're going to start giving them a phone call. When you call them, you're going to be super nice and excited, letting you letting them know, hey, Mayor Buddy Dyer, this is Jordan Sarmiento. I just moved you from Los Angeles. I just want to let you know that I am so excited that me and my 250 friends in Central Florida, we are all going to be a part of the process. We're going to show up. We want to make sure and let you know that we're going to hold you accountable to do what you said that you would do. We cannot wait to hang out and see you at the, like, be happy scares, about it. Scared, what, what? It scares the crap out of them when you're telling like, hi, my name's Bella. I'm just so, just want to let you know I'm one of your constituents and I'm so excited to be a part of the civic process. Can't wait to hold you accountable. They don't know how to react. They freak out. <laughs> I learned this from Bella and then the, like literally that whole script, everything I just say, like, no, I'm like, I'm so sick of this. That Like, just like, no, like be happy about it. Be, and it's like this passive aggressive, you know, scare <laughs> tactic. Uh, and then number three, mobilize, you know, Donna, you were saying that you have a hard time doing this. Like what, find out where the people are, like find out the, tel- find the telegram groups Go on Facebook's great. There's so many Facebook groups. If you live in Los Angeles, so I would, if you can't find anything in North Hollywood and you live in Hollywood, go, I would go greater Los Angeles Republican groups, Google it, go on Facebook, go on telegram. And you're going to have to search out. I was so lonely when I first got into this conservative world. I had no idea who to talk to. I didn't know where to start. I connected with three people. I did an Instagram live and that was my way of connecting. And those three people turn into six and that turned to 12. That's how I met Bella. That's how I met Linda. And now that's why I have 200 plus friends all across the country that are all doing the exact same thing. Why? Because I created a space and I went and did some homework and was saying, hey, listen, I will organize this. Let's just start creating that space to have this conversation.